0: Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. That is your home for all South Florida sports news. We uh, got a full house tonight, so you know, we're going to make the introduction short and sweet. Uh, I am Eric Henry, your FIU beat writer on the horn tonight. We've got Jake Elman, our FAU extraordinaire. That is his new title for now. Shane Marinelli, the FAU superfan slash doing great work at the FAU Owls Nest slash high school recruiting insider in South Florida, and our resident FIU superfan, Mr. David Hondell himself. Uh, first and foremost before we jump into tonight's topics I want to go ahead and say just a first and foremost um, hope everyone is safe you know I know down there in South Florida especially uh, it is kind of tough sledding down there so please be practicing safe social distancing wash your hands do whatever we can to fight off coronavirus not just for the sake of sports but you know for uh, general mankind so please uh, stay safe and hope everyone is out there staying safe but uh, a lot of news the last time you probably heard our voices, we were kind of speculating on a lot of different concepts, one of them being the idea of playing games without fans, another one being, you know, tossing out some ideas in terms of, Uh, financials and how the coronavirus would impact college sports, specifically at the Group of Five level. Now fast forward on today, that is April the 15th, 2020. We've got a little bit more kind of a resolute idea of what we're looking at here. There was a tweet sent out today by, I believe it was by Pete Thamel. Yeah, Pete Thamel um, at a a Yahoo News report obtained a letter from Group of Five commissioners to NCA President Mark Emmert asking for, quote, temporary relief from several regulatory NCA requirements for a period of up to four years end quote among them are sports sports sponsorship minimums which hint at more sports cuts we will talk about that in specificity in a second to give you guys more detailed idea what that is I know if you've you have uh, seeing the sports landscape, the University of Cincinnati, I believe, came out and cut men's sports. We've seen it, uh, I believe, Washington State, some of their, uh, I believe their football coach, men's basketball coach, have taken pay cuts to try to prevent furloughs. So there's a lot of information we're going to get into. And the last thing that happened this evening before we were recording, there was a call with all of the sports commissioners, um, uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say just uh, sports commissioners. It actually was a, was college sports um, um, regulatory board with Vice President Mike Pence talking about just the various um, issues that may come up regarding the resumption of college sports. So guys, um, I don't feel like there's any better way just to kind of open up to the panel for thoughts. Um, you know, I'll just kick around the horn. Whoever wants to take it first, uh, Jake, Shane, David, you guys jump in and uh, we can go from there.
1: So, I mean, I think that the big thing where we stand right now, we're over a month since everything kind of shut down, since the NBA put its season on hold, since baseball shut down, since all the colleges, no March Madness, no baseball, no softball season. And I think we're still in a lot of this black area where we don't know what's going to happen. But we maybe are coming to a little bit more of resolutions in some areas. We know that California, Governor Gavin Newsom, is saying that, you know, we don't want to have sporting events just yet until we're absolutely sure it's safe. And then in Florida, then we trust me, we're not going to turn this into a very deep political conversation, but you have Ron DeSantis who has been a bit more it's funny for a conservative, he's been a bit more liberal in terms of saying, well, you know, we'll see what happens. He declared WWE an essential business. And now with College football meeting with Mike Pence and President Trump having his call with the sports commissioners last weekend, I think we are starting to see a bit more um, the the misty road is maybe clearing up a little bit, not in terms of we're going to get an answer like baseball's coming back June 1 or football is definitely starting more of just everybody is really acknowledging we're in a complete state of we don't know and me personally, again, without getting too political, I think it's – I think President Trump and other politicians have said it best, which is people don't want to be watching 14-year-old baseball games and 17-year-old college football games, and we are nearing that point. Well, I, I take it back. We've been at that point where I think people have been craving sports, but I think now I think more and more people, especially with power, getting to the point where it's not just we want sports back. It's how realistically – do we get sports back and how do we work together
2: to find something feasible and safe? Okay. So let's talk about Pete Dammel's tweet here uh, for a minute and just what he obtained from the group of five commissioners here. And again, kind of what Jake was talking about, we could sit here and discuss politics of it and we're not really doing that when it may or come back here, but I think there's a deeper story here, right? Uh, that's, kind of even beyond when it comes to college sports, beyond just this virus, and I think it's kind of exposed some things, your college athletics program is pretty broke. And this goes for most of them in the country, right? They all kind of just operate to exist, right? They're not really well-run businesses. If you look at the college USA Today's uh, college sports, you know, uh, athletic departments, they you know, what, what type of money they're taking in. I would say, it, it, without doing the exact math, about 70% of college athletic programs just dis- depend on 35% or more students subsidizing their program. All right. So, Pete Dammel was talking about a group of five commissioners asking uh, to kick to lay back on some of those uh, with regulatory things for possibly a four-year period. Uh, some of those, for those who don't know, is to be a Division One school, your school must have 16 athletic teams, okay? You must have at least 200 scholarships. And we know due to Title IX, those must be even, okay? Or I, I am not 100% sure if they could be, you could have more on the female side, um and then we all know about the 15,000 minimum attendance rule over a 2-year period and they're asking kind of i i think you know they're lining up for more sports cuts um uh, men's sports teams that don't make money are absolutely first on the chopping block here but i think the element here and this has kind of been hidden for a while is Man, I think a lot of these schools are using this and, absolutely, and probably need to on the books, and it's a good time. They can point to the virus, but a lot of these schools have probably been looking to cut some of this for a long time.
0: So I'm going to go and jump in there real quick. Jake, did you want to piggyback off that, or do you mind if I jump in real quick?
1: I was just going to say, well, and we saw that with Old Dominion, which was Old Dominion when they cut men's wrestling, which I think they had had since about 1963. So long time, much longer than any of us have been alive. And one of the things that they said, they obviously noted that, you know, this does this is happening in the time of the coronavirus. But they also said this is something that we've been looking into and we've done some research on this. So I think that we will see. I don't want to speculate on what sports are going to get cut at which schools, but I think the four of us can agree based on what we've seen so far that if if sports do get cut, that most schools, if not all, will do their best to say this is not fully on the coronavirus. They'll find other ways to explain why, and a lot of it probably will be. We did research that shows that we need to cut this sport, that this sport was not
0: feasible for us anymore actually before i go david i want to let you go and and, uh, i'm gonna let you opine give your own opinion but also want to kind of uh put you in the form of a question um obviously when you look at you know fiu you know you've got your core sports and you know your men's soccer men's basketball men's football obviously men's football (laughs) football um i'm not familiar to be completely blunt with the women's sports that have or have not been successful i know um I believe uh, Christine Steiner Wilcoxon is the softball coach there, and she's turned things around at FIU as far as the softball program. But um, I just kind of want to ask you from a fan's perspective, do you think if the worst case scenario that um, a sport was cut at FIU, um, do you think that it could be a situation maybe like, for example, you look at UAB football Mm -hmm. where um, the program was shut down and that, you know, had a lot of political stuff to go around as far as that program being shut down but eventually a couple years back uh it eventually was uh, was reinstated do you think if, for example if there was an FIU and like I said I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot and say a specific sport right but let's say there was a, a quote-unquote lesser tier um lesser profile FIU sport that was cut um do you think that there'd be enough of that fan support kind of you know say hey um this was a temporary need but now we can probably bring it back in three or four years
3: Um, I, it obviously, again, it it depends on the sport, but I don't think so. Um, because just based on the fact that I know it won't be any of the big ones like football, basketball, or baseball, um, I don't know if the support is there fan wise to revive one of the smaller, you know, not smaller, but you know, sports teams that, that I guess aren't as popular as, you know, the big sports. So I don't see, I wouldn't see that happening, um, to be honest, and um, yeah, and actually, I kind of want to jump on something that Jake said, because he's, he said that some universities won't use the, uh, like the coronavirus as an excuse of why they're cutting some of these programs. I actually kind of think the opposite. I think this is like almost the perfect scapegoat for if they've been planning to do this ahead of time, that um, that this is almost their perfect excuse to be like, hey, listen, like due to this virus, we can't keep up with with this sport?
1: Well, let, let, me cl- let me clarify for one second and I'll keep it quick. I think that when I say that they won't specifically point to it, I mean, I don't think that we'll see a statement come out from most schools saying we're cutting this sport because of coronavirus. I think that internally, yes, that if they're asked that they can use it as a scapegoat, but I think that more likely – For a good chunk of schools, it will be just, you know, we, coronavirus will definitely be a part of it, but they will say, you know, we've been doing our research and this is part of why we're cutting the decision. I don't think it will be strictly, you know, we don't know when men's soccer is going to be able to play,
0: so we're cutting it. So, Jake, really quick, as, as far as just kind of what you said and what David said, here's my personal perspective. I gave the example of UAB football because I really do think, and I, and I kind of lean more towards David's point of view with this, is I think it would be the perfect scapegoat. But I also agree with Shane. I think this is a chance for a lot of these athletic departments to kind of reset, you know. Um, Shane and I, we talked about this, I think all of us were on the last podcast, and we said that you know, college athletics as a whole, it's not a great business model, right? And, you know, it just is what it is. And uh, especially at, you know, this level, I mean, look, we talked about this in the chat. I throw out a hypothetical question about, you know, uh, if we could redo Conference USA, how would it look? And not to get too off topic, but I know one of the things that I would change is I wouldn't have FIU, you know, women's soccer going to play in El Paso, Texas, or Denton, Texas, for example, right? So, excuse me, I think this is a chance for a lot of these programs and a lot of these athletic departments to really kind of take a reset and say, Hey, um, with, and Jake, like you said, um, and Shane said as well, as far as the title nine repercussions, if you take those and you can waive those for a second, you say, Hey, this sport, it's great to have, but let's just be blunt here. And I think Jake, you wouldn't mind. I mean, you're in a position now, you know, where you're not covering FIU on a daily basis. I think you wouldn't have any issue um, giving your opinion on this. I'm sure Shane wouldn't as well. And David, you know, open to you as well. How many sports do you think we have uh, in terms of just kind of, you know, fringe sports? And I, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner to anyone who, you know, listen, I played NAIA football, so I'm in no position to judge. But to anyone who is a rower or, you know, a, um, uh, a a gymnastics athlete or anything like that. But how many of those sports do you think the only reason we have them in certain programs, not saying FAU or FIU, is to even up the Title IX you know uh, requirements, whoever wants it to jump, to jump in and take that, look jump in.
2: No, they're obviously there for title nine requirements. I mean, it, why, it, why 16 teams is the arbitrary number to be a division one school, 200 athletes and stuff. And again, you know, the, the best take I've kind of heard on this was this is what's going to happen. Schools are going to kind of retreat and they're going to do everything they can to protect, probably football, basketball, and probably baseball, at all they can. At those those sports are going to be at operating costs, and the amount of women's sports that equal out those scholarships. You figure, I don't know, how many college basketball sch- scholarships there are there? On a, uh, a, a football's eighty five, I think college basketball is what 15, 16? Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say Jake. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's sixteen. So, and then college baseball, I believe is 12 and a half. So you do the math. That's like a hundred and we'll call it, just round up 13 male scholarships. That means you need, you know, you, you need about 113 uh, mm-hmm. female scholarships and that's it. If, like if you're a men's sport, not making money, and you're not one of the big three, I mean, you are absolutely on a chopping block right now. Uh and, but you know what? A lot of college football programs have been hedging themselves for a while, right? I mean, when you depend, and, and this goes for pretty much everyone in the G5, um, FAU gets 60%, and they're one of the lower ones in Conference USA, but FAU gets 60% of their athletic, $35 million athletic budget, $23 million from student subsidies. Well, when you now, if FAU doesn't hold a summer B and possibly not a fall, I mean, let's forget about ticket and TV revenue. We're talking about FAU not getting that $15.45 a credit hour from 28,000 students. Okay? Um, and it's, it's just kind of exposing how, you know, how little money these programs have. And we don't think of it that way sometimes. You know, we just want to pay the coaches all this money and all this stuff and keep the ball rolling, which is fine. I'm a fan of it, but you know, this is going to really expose it. And you know, it's, it's going to be curious to see who and what survives. I wanted to point it out real quick. Um, sure. just like today, uh, John Rosting tweeted out, um, who covers college basketball for CBS sports that conference USA was already looking at changing its scheduling. Um, for the future, a conference say does kind of play weird scheduling where you go on the road for four days and then you come back home, play two games on the Thursday, Saturday, and then you go back on the road, you know, possibly creating divisions to cut some of the travel. Some of that might be good. Some of these athletic programs are being forced into making basic cost cutting measures. Um, you know, they could be good for the long run, but they just simply have to do now. Absolutely. Like
0: I said, you know, I, I think it's something that, it, and to kind of piggyback off David's point, is that it, it, in the long run, this is something that it will give these athletic departments a chance to reset. And, you know, they have an easy thing to say, hey, this force this, and they don't have to say in actuality, this is a sport that we've probably needed to cut for five or 10 years. Okay, so the next topic we want to talk about, and I mentioned this in the intro, is there was a call today, and that was between the College Football Playoff Management Committee, which included a group of uh, conference commissioners from among you know all the conferences, but a listener on that call was the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, and essentially what came from that call, uh, that the message was clear, and the direct quote is from Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bolsey, our players are students. If we're not in college, we're not having contests. Our message was we need to get the universities and colleges back open, that we are education-based programs, and we aren't going to have sports until something closer normal to college is going on. So essentially, what you can kind of deem from that message is that college sports won't return until students are back on campus. And that in itself is a pretty, you know, interesting statement. It also leads to the second point, which is, we're facing what could be a very real possibility of playing this upcoming football season, at least a portion of it, without fans. And I want to open up to the panel here, but the reason I was you know, really interested in this topic was because – if sports, excuse me, at sports, at universities, excuse me, like FAU and FIU, there are sports cultures that are still building. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast as far as FIU's attendance. And this is something that I didn't want to tweet out because you can say, you know, hey, uh, if they play the games without fans, it'll be something usual, just like a usual FIU, Ricardo Silva Stadium, right? I want to just, you know, let's forget that for a second, all right? You know, there is a dedicated fan base in both of these schools. And what I find really interesting, and I want, you know, all of your guys' takes on this, is for two schools who are working on building that tradition and that fan base, um, I guess I view it from a double-edged sword, right? This could be a negative thing and that it could kind of halt whatever progress you're making. But I look at it, uh, you know, maybe a glass-half-full perspective is what if we play half of the season and, you know, the first half of the home schedule for FIU, there's five home games. I'm not sure how many off the top of my head that FAU has. But let's say the first two or three games are without fans. And then can you imagine what that, you know, atmosphere would be like that first game back? I think at least from a student perspective, because we've talked about this on this podcast, the first time those students are able to get out there and tailgate and, you know, the old expression, you don't know what you have until it's gone. I think this could end up, if it is, if it as does end up being the case almost a positive for the sports culture. It wouldn't do anything for the bottom lines of these programs, which we talked about in the first part of this podcast,
2: but it could almost be a positive. So Shane, I'll let you open it up and take it away. So I, I really want to believe in, and if you kind of read the full out story in the quote, there's the, you know, we, it, it, the NCAA and the commissioners making it sound good. If it's not safe for students to come back, why should our athletes Sorry, a little cynical, always kind of an eye roll when you see uh, any type of power five commissioner that's not money based. And this is definitely money based. What they're telling you, if you're reading between the lines, is we can't I don't think they can. My take is I don't think they can have college sports without fans. They depend too much on that revenue. Right. And and especially, you know, the commissioners are hearing from the president. So we'll use the Big 12 as his example. Right. The city of Stillwater, I, w- I would guess most of their economic impact has to do with Oklahoma State home football games in those weekends. And they're saying, no, 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 no. We cannot play a season where people aren't coming to the bars, to the restaurants, and filling the hotels. This isn't the NFL. Um, the TV contracts are huge, but it's not the same. There was also, and I forgot who tweeted it, but someone else was saying they spoke to another school president um, anonymously. And there's even a concern within the Power Five commissioners coming off a year that this was the lowest college football attendance um, in a few decades. That if they play out a college football season with no fans, then all of a sudden the people that have been paying $3,000 out of their pocket for season tickets, parking, and the hotel to go to their towns. Get even a little bit more used to watching the games on their 84-inch flat screen. That is a legit concern. I want to believe that they have the best interest for the student athletes, but every decision they're making is definitely money-based, right? I mean, does anyone disagree with that kind of premise?
3: No, I I agree with you completely, and I actually wanted to add something to something you said and Eric said um, that, you know, getting people used to watching the games on TV. uh, I think it almost might have the opposite effect on like, like students from FIU and FAU, because now, you know, these people are going to tailgate or, you know, they're, they're used, they're used to be tailgating and like going home and not watching the games. And now with almost nothing to do, they might just actually tune in. And actually, catch an FIU game from uh, like on a Saturday. Um, so, in that aspect, I can see where Eric's point was. But yeah, Shane, I completely agree with you that I think this is purely uh, like financially based. Yeah, you're gonna have your Zoom
1: tailgates
3: and your nah, I mean, your Uvu
1: your, your uh, Natty Light contest, as opposed to having it in the scorching uh, parking lot behind the stadium. But, you know, I want to go back to something that Eric said because I found it interesting about, you know, and I mean, pretty much what we've been talking about, about just fans coming back and the whole fandom thing. I think something that's been interesting in the past couple of weeks, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, is everybody, I think, wants sports to come back. But I think the narrative and just people's opinions on it, isn't so much about thinking about the teams and what's going to happen with them as it is just are we going to have a season? Are you know with FAU and FIU, for example, there was a report out from Chris Fowler earlier this week of ESPN that he had heard that there were talks about maybe playing the college football season starting in February twenty twenty-one. And which I think would be a little interesting, but you know, instead of us talking about whether it's the four of us, whether it's fans talking about, you know, is Willie Taggart going to call plays on offense or not, or who's going to be FIU's number or the Y receiver. I think fans have really, and everybody have spent the past month or so saying, well, you know, we don't care about that. Are we having a season? And with that said, I want to go back to what David said, which is if there is a delayed season, or they're playing games without fans in the stadium i think in the end i think in the short term it won't be good but i think in the end i think it might have a couple of benefits when it comes to getting people interested because we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about some of the problems that fau and fiu have in the game day experience and i think that that Hurt sometimes getting people interested in Harrison Bryan or James Morgan and wanted to follow them. Well, now, if you have those people saying, All right, you know, I've missed sports for so long, I want to watch FAU play Middle Tennessee, normally a game that fans have complained about in years past because it's not a pretty game. It's not in terms of interest, it's not Alabama, Florida, or Clemson, Miami. Now they're saying, all right, you know, I need sports. I've missed sports. I'm going to watch that game. Then they watch and say, oh, you know, I I like this Chris Robson kid. He's good. Wow. You know, Butch Davis called a really good game. I like some of these guys.
2: Yeah, that, that would be great if Conference USA games weren't tucked away on stadium and Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, let's just uh, uh, like <laughs> and the and, uh, the, and, the, e- and, the, the, and the ESPN that's...
1: and the ESPN Plus problems as we saw with FAU yeah, games so... last year. And now, in response to that, I will say those games that are on Facebook or, and I was going to say YouTube, but I don't think conference I don't think Conference USA has any YouTube partnerships. I don't know if any of the power or the FBS schools or conferences do, but you know, those games are for free. It's not cbs sec game of the week or saturday night football on abc or espn but it's a resource and i think that people you know it's not necessarily making sacrifices or being desperate but people want football back people want basketball back i mean you could have i tweeted out earlier i mean with baseball i think you could have a barnstorming tournament with mainly, you know, some veterans, but a bunch of minor leaguers or younger MLB players who aren't superstar phenoms, and people would still watch the hell out.
2: I think this is a a moot point, though, because if the the commissioners came out and said today that there's not going to be a season unless there's students. So now if we're under the assumption that students are allowed back on campus and football teams are allowed to practice, just kind of using that – Students being on campus is large social interaction groups, anyways. If students are we get to the point they figure out a way they can contain this, I don't know, I'm a scientist, and students are allowed back on campus, then you have to assume that people will be allowed back in stadiums. I mean a campus is a large gathering event itself. I agree. with the big with the big ten twelve is saying, what they said today is we don't want to do it without students on campus, which is yes, it sounds great. They want to protect the athletes, which is their way of saying, no, 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 we can't do this without people in the stands.
0: Okay. So can I jump in here really quick? So I don't yes. disagree. With, please I I don't please dis- do shut me off. No, no, no. I, I really quick. <laughs> uh, Shane, Shane made a great point. You know, before uh, Jake waxes on poetically about, you know, nineteen fifty fifties New York Yankees, I'll jump in. Um, here's my, my point, Shane, because I do think you make a good point, right? It's fair to assume if, there are college students on campus that there will be fans at the stadium. There'll be allowed to be fans at the stadium. Right. I just want to make the counterpoint we're hearing from professionals. Once again, I don't want to get political, but we're hearing from professionals like Dr. Anthony Fauci and, and others who are saying in conjunction with that statement, you just heard from big the big 12 commissioner that I don't think it's necessarily the brightest idea to have large scale gatherings in terms of sports. I, I, and, you know, Jake threw something out in the chat that, you know, he's probably doing as just, you know, being ha or funny earlier. But there was a, I guess there's a, um, a change dot com poll about FAU students who are upset saying that, you know, they're not getting the uh, the you know college uh, courses that they expected because they're having to do it online. Listen, Shane, I, I, you may disagree with this wholeheartedly, but I can see a scenario where they say, hey we have to get students back on campus because of a lot of things financially just as a university that you mentioned. But with that being said, okay, college is a must. The educational aspect is a must. Having fans in the stadium is a luxury. I I mean, you may disagree with me wholeheartedly and David, you may as well, but I do see that. I I
2: see a a scenario where that could be the case. Yeah. You can make, you can make that argument, but to me, like on the surface jamming 6,000 students in HPT and GPT towers at FAU (laughs) when it comes to just a sanitary, probably HPT is a little bit more dirtier. (laughs) You know, the freshman dorms at FAU as you can imagine with it. Those are like, uh, then putting 15,000. I mean, at that point you're just like, what are you doing here? Right? Like jamming a bunch of students in a dorm. Are we really any being any more cautious than putting people in a football stadium? I understand one's a luxury and a necessity, But really, the virus isn't sitting there deciding, like, well, no, no, well, it can't spread amongst the dorms because uh, these kids are getting educated. But it can spread because football is a luxury. I mean, to me, they're the same thing. You're putting people in a lot of – you're putting a lot of people in a small area. We are back. And
1: the question I asked before Jack, who's now sitting on my lap, interrupted, was right now we're seeing people at the federal level and we're seeing conference – excuse me, college officials saying, we don't think it's fair. We don't think it's right that student athletes should be participating in their sporting events and playing on campus when our students cannot be on campus. And I want to pose this question to the group because, you know, do you guys agree with that? And, or do you think it's a bit BS? Because I'm kind of conflicted and David, you're somebody who has been, a tremendous part in FIU's alumni. You worked at FIU, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think?
3: Yeah, so um, I, I, I think it's it's a little bit more BS in the aspect that I actually agree with Shane that the main reason they wouldn't do this is more financially driven. Um, but in my line of work, I work at the alumni, and I work specifically in special events. Um, we wouldn't be able to host anything because our – obviously my job is to host events and we're not – you wouldn't want to be in a crowded room full of other people. Um, so with that being said, if, if that's not going to be allowed, um, I just don't see why they would allow even a football game to happen because what stands – the fans aside, like even just the players, just it's a contact sport – So if that's actually their, their main concern, then, um, then yeah, then there's,
0: there's, there's a reason to it. Jake, I want to jump in here really quick and and I'll just kind of piggyback off what uh, David said. Listen, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't think it has to be black and white as we've seen throughout the way that this entire situation has played out. I think it can be shades of gray. I don't think it has to be just, is it either BS or is it, you know, real talk I think that this thing is very fluid, and I do think that, you know, um, these universities are having to try to make the best decision in terms of interest of their financials, but also put it to you like this. At the end of the day, and I don't know how, you know, Shane or or Jake or David, you guys feel about this, um, and this is really hot takey of of, of my part, so I apologize for putting you guys in this position. Does money talk? Or, or, or is it, or is is it BS? Do you guys th- think it's going to come down to the safety and health? Of I think the, it's
1: money. I, I think it's money talks, and I think let, that, let him
2: let him finish the question.
1: Oh no, he I mean, cut out. He cut out. I didn't hear him. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear. He was still talking.
0: No, that's no, no, that's fair, and I'll do it, David. So you know you can run through this. Um, I, I think it's uh, Jake. You kind of got the essence of the question. All I was saying, and you kind of hit the nail on the head, Jake. Uh, does money talk, or is it BS? You know, are we worried about the financials of these schools, or are we going to be in a position where we're going to have to choose about the health and safety of, of of the greater good in these players? And Jake, I'll let you jump in and finish that thought. Well, I think it's
1: only money talks, just because of the whole student athletes are they really students thing, and I'm not saying that student athletes aren't students so much as I'm saying if it comes down to the universities need those football players on campus to make significant money, then I think at some point you need to get past the idea of, well, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the 99% of campus to have the 1% of campus or the 0.6% of campus at our on-campus stadium playing games. At the end of the day, these universities need to make money. It's the same reason why, I'll say it on the record, I don't think the tuition refund will happen because at the end of the day, universities, they got to make money somehow.
2: Well, just for the record, FAU did give back money for dormitory. I don't know. I mean, they are finished. People are getting their classes past fail. So they're not going to get tuition funded. Uh, Correct. I, I, I think today what, you know, we've talked about this usually the NCAA makes a decision and then there's a major PR backlash and they have to, um, kind of recourse. Like it's sometimes they're just, there's no one in the room saying, wait, how do you think this is going to play out in the public? Right. Uh, there's no one, there hasn't been that person at the NCAA and seems like 50 years. Uh, but today them saying, Oh, we care about the health and safety of the players and we're not going to send them back. If students are sending them back. And that sounds good. But again, I think that's just coded in. We don't want to play football games with no people, people bring money. So we're not going to be like the NFL and play a season in an empty stadium because it doesn't really matter to us. That's not the purpose of this, right? Empty stadium football doesn't make us money. We don't even care if there's empty stadium football, right? I also think there's another point and I just kind of thought of this and maybe this is a deeper discussion and this is just, you know, me in the recruiting world and getting in, you know, talking and knowing some of these kids. <clears throat> um, what what about some of these kids that might depend, especially their living situations um, on having those, and I know this is true within every football team and Eric, we going to expand on this, that man, they depend on having that kind of safety net in the school of a place to live and meals and stuff, uh, that a school kind of provides that, um, for them. And if, how do you maybe even balance that possibly being taken away for a while? I mean, I mean, do you think there's a discussion there? Shane, I, I think that's a fair point. I am mean, essentially what you're getting at is this, you
0: know, there are kids who come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds who get to college. And it's not necessarily because I just kind of want to tighten up Shane's point for those people who are, who are listening. Shane's not saying that they're going to go home and be homeless, but essentially that the college structure that they're in would be, you know, immensely better than what they've come from. And there are kids who like that, on various cultural programs, not just FAU and FIU. Uh, To Shane's question, is that something that you consider? I I don't necessarily know how you consider it just because of the fact that, and Jake, you can opine on this as well. If college athletes were on campus 365 days a year, 24 seven, then you may have an argument, right? But they're not, bound to the college campus. They're not locked away there forever. There are times when college athletes do go home. And um, while it's certainly not an extended period of time, there are times that they aren't, you know, for example, right now, they're at home. Um, so I, I, I think with Shane's, Shane's point is it's a, a noble one. I just don't necessarily know how you take it into account because it's not like, you know, kids are there 365 days a year. I think, and this is how
1: I interpreted Shane's point, and Shane, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's not so much, like like what you said, Eric, it's not so much that they're going back to maybe, that they're not going home back to wherever and they're homeless. It's more college sports are very similar to the Army in the fact that there is a structure. You wake up at a certain time. You have breakfast. You go to practice. You watch film. You go to class, whatever. So now, potentially... It's not even potentially, you know, all these kids are not, normally they would have spring football, so they would have their spring football schedule or they would have their weightlifting schedule, their off season schedule. Now it's most of these kids, if not all these kids are home or somewhere safe, somewhere where they're quarantined and you need to come up with a new structure. So I think that this is different than, I mean, all of this is so much different than anything else because you're quarantined. Where are you going? You know, you're not, uh, me personally, I don't think that you're running the risk, you're running a significant risk, at least, of somebody going back to a bad background and making a really bad decision. Most of these people are in their houses. You can't go to the gym, you can't go to the movies, can't go to the
0: club. What are you doing? You're sitting in your house. So Shane, does that kind of answer your question? Or I mean, is that your kind of... Yeah, and
2: it wasn't so much a conservative like I said, people getting in trouble. It's just, you know, and and I think most of it's the thought, but the thought of your scholarship, especially players on scholarship has a, a value of a certain amount of living time and food and stuff kind of built into it. And you're almost not getting that. also, you see what I'm saying a little bit, um, especially if there's a fall semester, right. Um, you know, that's canceled or delayed. I mean, and this brings back and we can probably do a whole nother podcast on it. And you're already starting to see some schools kind of, you know, it sounded great at first about bringing back all the spring sports seniors, but some schools have already said no to that. And I think they're kind of just thinking about the economics of the situation uh, just because a scholarship's not cheap. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of economic situation, especially if kids are sitting at home while they're on scholarship, not getting the benefits of that scholarship. And I think that's kind of maybe was my broader point. Um And, you know, but I, I guess, you know, we'll just kind of see how this plays out in the coming months and more of these kind of social economic and what's right and wrong topics arise.
3: But yeah, no, um my like final two cents is, like, I, I agree that that this is financially driven, but like at the same time, It's not like these people want, like, they want to put these kids in danger. Like, they don't want anything bad to happen to them, obviously. But at the end of the day, college football or college sports in general is a business, and it's definitely their number one priority.
0: All right, so really quick, we have a special guest joining the Shula Bowl podcast. He has a standing open invite. This will not be the last time you hear his voice. He is my next-door neighbor at the Tyson Rogers Press Box at Ricardo Silva Stadium. (laughs) He is the one and only... David Drucker, also known as on Twitter at FIU Sports Guy Druck, how's it going, man?
4: Hey, man, it's good. Uh, given the circumstances, you know, um, I hope you guys are doing all right. Um, you know, it's an honor to be on the show. I mean, geez, I'm like your guys' number one fan, other than like David Hondal's dad. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's. I'm happy to be here. Always going to talk some FIU FAU sports,
0: I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, Chuck, we'll, we'll save the debates for another time. We've got a we've got a special episode planned where you and Shane have at it and uh, Jack Witten's on. And we're going to do the uh, the whole Shula Bowl kind of battle here. But uh, tonight's topic, man, I just really want to get your opinion. You know, you are uh, arguably FIU's number one fan or maybe not even arguably. I think hey, you relax. are. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I, listen, I, I can't think of anyone who reps FIU as hard as my man, publicly, I mean, hey, listen, I don't want to say it, but David, David, someone decided to skip certain games for a wedding. You know, I, I don't want to call it, and it didn't go to the bowl game either. So, you know, oh. I know David Drucker was at uh, the F of the uh, Miami game and the Camellia Bowl. But Drucker, oh. uh, here's, here, here's the here's the question. I wait, wait, wait. Can I
4: just point out something for David Hondal not to be at the namesake of this podcast? That's pretty shameful. <laughs> oh, trust us. We have busted his balls
2: without it. First
3: off, I've been to more Shula Bowls than anybody in this chat combined. Okay? So, you know what? Cut me some slack. All right? <laughs> that's a lot of L's
2: you've seen.
3: <laughs> I have seen a lot of L's, and that's how much of a fan I am, that I still go back every year.
0: <laughs> Sorry. So now we've got the uh, the pleasantries out of the way, uh, Druck, Really quick, man. You know we've been talking about a, very, uh, a myriad of topics here on the podcast. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on something, man. Um, in the event that either one of the uh, the following two scenarios happen, one. FIU is forced to play home games without fans. And like I said, you know, we're not going to spare the you know jokes about FIU attends and all that stuff. That's not what we're talking about. FIU has a very loyal and dedicated fan base uh, no matter how big or small, but that's uh, one scenario. And the other scenario is that let's say there is not a football season at all and it is delayed. What do you think in your mind, either of those scenarios would do for the FIU culture? I've kind of spent, to kind of fill you in on what my opinion has been on what Jake and, and Shane and David have said as well. My thoughts have kind of been that it's a double-edged sword. This could um it could maybe be a negative in the sense that it would kind of dull an already kind of burgeoning fan base that you know isn't quite at the level of the USFs and the UCFs of the world in the state, or it could be a positive in that you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And maybe that could rejuvenate kids to say, hey, we want to get back out there and tailgate because we had it taken from us in a sense. So I'll just let you opine there, drug
4: Man, I mean, what you just said is probably so true. You got a bunch of college kids who have been sitting indoors, you know, for forever. And um, I mean, what is more like the college experience than college football? I mean, especially when you're like us and you've got a, a football stadium on campus. So, I mean... You know, some people. You know, like I, I can see why people might, you know, be be sad or pessimistic. But I, I really only like see it like the the FIU culture kind of marinating. You know, but while you know everyone's away, because I mean, guys, last year was six and seven. That's disappointing for you know. Uh, uh, it was a bizarre season, but we did not kind of win the biggest game in FIU history. I mean there is not a single local who's into football who was not aware of what happened on November 23rd and the FIU hasn't played a home game since. And so if it means you have to wait for another year or two, you know, to kind of come back, I mean that, you know, then we'll see, of course, we'll defer to people who know what they're talking about, but, uh, but I think it's the excitement's
0: only going to build up. Uh, Guys, really quick. I think uh, David makes a really good point. Uh, Drucker, I should say, because, you know, David Hondel has changed his name to number one FIU fan here on the Zoom chat. But Drucker makes a really quick uh, good point before we uh, finish this one up. There hasn't been a home game since that win. So, yes, while the season ended on a low note with two losses, I I do think that's a fair point. I think also for FAU, because we don't want to, you know, forget the Owls POV here, this would be their chance, you know, to really say, hey, you know, we have a chance to support a new coach in Willie Taggart. Uh, we haven't had a chance to really support the team since the Shula bowl. And that in itself was a wash because of the rain out. So um, maybe it could have the opposite effect. And I, I just think it's something that you have to consider, especially, you know, I just think if you don't have fans in the stadium and obviously Shane's made his point about, you know, um, it could be a moot point if you're having students on campus and why wouldn't you have students uh, fans on the stadium. But my over overarching point is, for both of these schools who are trying to build a fan base, if you, don't, if you don't give them that incentive, if it's taken away from them, sure, the great, you know, bars like Irishman will be, you know, filled up. But uh, I just think you have to continue building that culture. And for Shane, a guy who, you know, specialized in recruiting, what do you do when, you know, you, you can't bring recruits to an empty stadium and say, hey, envision 30,000 people here cheering, cheering on the Alps. so.
4: Yeah, but wouldn't, would, Eric, wouldn't you say that that's kind of like an equal effect for everybody? Like, like if if, uh, if every school in uh, NCAA football has to, you know, have socially distant uh, standards, let's say. I mean, it, isn't it kind of like the same effect as where you walk into, you know, Death Valley at LSU and you're not going to have that
2: effect either. So, well, uh, just a sh- clarification sh- here, there probably yeah, go for wouldn't it. be official visits in that scenario, they'd have to, I mean, if you're doing an empty stadium, you're definitely not letting kids travel, right? If you're LSU, you're definitely not letting, you know, you're not kids from the panhandle of Florida to come for an official visit. If the stadium's empty, it's going to be necessities only. Cameramen, football coaches, trainers, right? a his family is not coming. So okay. That, 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 that's, that, that, that's
0: a fair point. That's a fair
2: point, Shane. But I, I just want to quickly, and it is an important
0: point that you made, you know, for the clarification. Drucker, uh, to quickly hit on your point, no, it's not an even playing field because at LSU and Death Valley, I've seen it on ESPN on Thursday night or Friday night on Saturday night. And at The Cage, I haven't seen it because my ESPN Plus stream isn't exactly working properly, and/or there hasn't been twenty thousand people inside that stadium since I don't know. Shane was an undergrad, or no, no, no. no shit, I won't even throw Shane on the bus. I'll say the last time there were twenty thousand people in that stadium was FIU UCF, and I was there. So uh, that's the reason why I make the point. I was an undergrad for a really
2: long time? So don't go by my age. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't think like schools like LSU or
3: like Alabama are really hurting for fans, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I'm with Eric that it wouldn't really even the playing field, but as the number one FIU fan, I have seen it packed. So there you go, Eric. (laughs)
0: David, David, the last time you saw packed, were you in elementary school or what? (laughs)
3: Uh, no high school, like full out, sold out. Like it during the TY days. I mean, it was pretty, I remember, um, I remember the, the Duke homecoming game was probably still to this day the most packed stadium in our history.
0: All right, So, Hey man, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I know it's been a unique experience, but this definitely will not be your last time coming on. I will let you and Mr. David Hondal debate for who is uh, FIU's number one fan, but Hey, thank you for coming on. And uh, we're definitely going to have you on for more uh, exciting, happier topics than this one, man. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future episode where uh, Shane and I get to scream each other about how many tenths of a mile FAU is from the beach. I'm
2: not in that argument. That's not me. Don't even... I don't care. (laughs) I I can tell you right now
0: from experience, Shane's head will spontaneously combust if that argument ever makes an appearance on this podcast. But with that being said, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. As always, you can find the podcast at shulabowlpod.podbean.com. And you can find on Twitter, Twitter, excuse me, at the number five reason sports. Uh, And you also find us on Twitter at shulabowlpod. Thank you for listening. And uh, please, the only way we can grow on this podcast is by leaving us feedback and reviews. So please feel free to DM us. Last time I said uh, DM the bad reviews to Shane. This time, DM the bad reviews to me. I will take the brunt of the, uh, of the pain on this one here. Um, last thing to say, uh, guys, please, uh, please practice safe social distancing and stay safe. Take care. And uh, we'll get back to football eventually, guys.